Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. Great way to give us entrance into God's Word, and especially this particular part as we continue looking at this whole deal of stewardship, management, administration of that which God has given. We've looked in a few areas. Last week we were talking about the kingdom, stewardship over and in the kingdom. And we are spending the month of January um, looking at this whole issue of stewardship. This morning, I want us to look at, for a few moments, stewardship, and the word is intentional. All you English majors and folks, I I, I know it's probably how I would not term it, but we're going to look at stewardship of your person. Stewardship of your person, and if that just doesn't sit well with you, you can put in parentheses, my body. There's a reason I'm doing that, and you'll hear it later. Stewardship of your person. Many times when we think about management, when we think about how we handle what the Lord has given us, many times we forget that great thing that the Lord has given us, and that's us. He's given us this body. He's given us this vessel that we use while we're walking around on this earth. And many times we don't give a lot of thought to how am I managing what he has given in this. And I want to look at three areas that he focuses on. There's a There's a whole lot of it. When you look through the scripture and you want to put in personal stewardship, you you can go down the line with how many verses there are that either directly deal with or talk about this whole area of personal stewardship or stewardship of who you are. It's because it's important. It's because it represents where your heart is. It represents your value system. It represents a lot. Now, I will say this. This is not a guilt trip time. This is not for you to go back and, man, he, I, he just really beat me up today. I need to make sure I, you know. And we're going to look at three areas today. We're going to look at, you know, holiness and personal purity. Holiness and personal purity. We're going to look at personal wellness. Personal wellness. I changed it. I had personal fitness, and I figured people would be like, man, you're about to kill me. No, personal wellness. Because when we say fitness, we have a certain we have a certain image in our mind, a certain body type, a certain some certain actions. That's not my point personal wellness, and there's a reason for that. And then this whole issue of personal resources. Now, I'm not going to get 
into this whole issue of our property because next week we will be looking at stewardship of our property. And that's the one that people think pretty much that's all it's about when you say stewardship. You think property. And because it's been used in that fashion, yes. But today we're going to be looking at holiness and personal purity. And it's interesting that the songs, I did not ask them to choose those songs. I did not. And um, Sister Melanie Terrell and her team, just being sensitive to the Lord, has helped us in that area. Preparing our hearts. So holiness and personal purity, or you could say personal holiness and purity, personal wellness, and how I handle the, my personal resources or my gifting. Father, I pray that you would settle our hearts and our minds that we might hear what you are saying so that we might do, oh God, what you are requiring and that you are calling us to do and that we would be God who you have ordained us to be. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to be hanging out in 1st uh, and 2nd Corinthians going back and forth. And I like with them just because they were the church that we know that seemingly, you know, it, it's, it's with them that we talk about. I mean, it's one of the places they do in Romans as well. But it is, it is with them that we talk about spiritual gifting so much. Now, he gave them these instructions on spiritual gifts. It's in them that was a very wealthy and affluent church at their time. But it was them that we get the strongest rebuke for not being Christ-like. We have folks that were talking about how gifted they were while living dirty. You have folks hearing about, you know, how well off we are and how um, and even maybe how engaging, really, how, how accepting of the world that we are, church. And yet he had to instruct them on being a body. We just read that as we shared the Lord's Supper together. He had to instruct them on all phases of their spiritual walk and life so that they could get it right, not so that they can leave feeling beat up. It wasn't a point. The whole point was to get them to where God wanted them to be. And sometimes you got to give hard talks. Sometimes you got to come heavy. I love those people in my life who were both encouraging with wonderful soft words and inspirational words, but also knew how to come heavy. Curtis, you are not doing this. Boy, you, you're kind of surprising me. Have you looked at? As my mother would love to say, boy, you knew something was coming when she said boy first. No matter how old you were, boy, you better pay attention. You better look at this. That doesn't seem right in your life. 
I knew she loved me. The issue was if we, if all we are always hearing is flowery speeches, all you have is someone setting you up. That's all you have. Now, if all you have is someone that constantly tells you who you're not, you might have a bit of person on your hands. The issue is there has to be that balance because that is what Christ did and does. And the end of it all, it must point you toward living like Christ and living in the love of Christ. Remember, we are always as followers of Christ, as believers, speaking the truth in love. Why? Because the truth is what we need. Love is how we swallow it. Second Corinthians chapter six. Actually, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Second is coming next. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to be focusing on verses 19 through 20. We're going to, I'm going to read for... For context, a little further back, and give Paul a chance for that. And Paul here is talking to the Corinthian church about this area of sexual purity, which is what we think, how we think of it, but it's more than that, but it does include that. And he was also talking to them about how they were handling one another with their court system and the abuse. And we dealt with that a while back, a few years ago, as we looked at um, how believers are to handle disputes with one another. But in verse 12, he says this, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other, meaning that they will not last eternally. Then he makes this statement. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. You would think that's what it's for looking out in our society today. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And then we get the verse we're going to focus on. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Let me read that again. 
Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. There's a, a number of things here that he talks about when he talks about this whole issue of holiness. He says, first of all, let me kind of set the standard straight. He said, there's a lot of things that are going on in this world and around us. And you know what? There may not be, he says, all things, you know, in, in, in his case, as he's given context, all things, and he's not talking about any and everything I decide. He's talking about the way in which he operates. There are all things that are lawful, but they're not helpful. In other words, just because I have right to it doesn't mean I participate in it. Why? Because it may not be helpful. Why? And then he, he steps back and he gives this excerpt on, on, on sexual immorality, which was a huge issue back in the Corinthian day and is a huge issue today. For believers and unbelievers alike, and, and our culture, we have to be careful that we don't take our cues from the culture. Must be careful. Because the culture will say it's okay that we take our cues from Christ. Because he tells you what you were meant for and what works best for you. Here's what I love. When he talks about this whole issue of all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful, he goes later and says, I will not be dominated by anything. Why? Because we have this verse in Romans that comes back and tells us that sin will no longer have dominion over you. Why? When you and I came to Christ, that you must sin, power was broken over you. Oh, we still sin, but it's not because we are dominated by it it's because we've gone back to it it's because we've chosen it it's because it's what seemed more palatable at the time but what we were meant for we were meant for holiness the first call of you and I was the call of Christ out of our sin and to him I know when I think calling we think I was called to do and you can run down the list. No, actually, you were called to be when you were first called. When I was first called, he called me out of sin. He didn't say, oh, look, there goes a good preacher. Let me call him so he can preach. No, that wasn't it at all. Oh, there goes a good singer. Let me call her so she can come in and sit. No. Oh, there's a great... I can use his athletic, I can use her athletic, I can use her career status. Let me bring them in the kingdom. No, the first call was a call out of sin to him. And that's why he tells us on every level that we are to be separate, not secluded, but separate. What do you mean separate? Separate in value system, separate in purpose, separate in direction, separate in intent, 
Everything about you as a follower of Christ is to be separate from the pattern that the world has for their life. Although you are walking right beside them, your purpose, your plan is different. And so what he says in this holiness and personal purity Verse 13, food is meant for the stomach. He's giving you a picture here. And the stomach for food. You know, right? You know, you know the stomach is not meant for nails. It's meant for food. Oh, you could swallow a nail. That's not what it's meant for. The food was, I mean, your, your, your stomach was not meant for ingesting that which is not food. And, and actually, that's how you nourish yourself. That's how you grow the Food was meant for the stomach and stomach for food. So he's giving you purpose and intent here. That's what he's creating. Purpose and intent. He said, and both will be destroyed. What he has given us, go to verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Now he's reminding the Corinthians because they were using that body however they chose. This is my body. I do what I want with it. Hmm. Jesus will have something different to say if you belong to Christ. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members? In this case, he said, make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined with a prostitute becomes one with her? Flee, verse 18, sexual immorality, every other sin and a person that a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immorality person is against his own body. And then it says, verse 19. So here's what he's saying. He says, listen, the, the society is trying to get you to live in a particular way where you think your body is to be used for one thing when God is saying it is to be used for another. And because of some of the youthfulness of our audience, we can't go deeply into it. We'll go some into it. The issue is he's not saying that that is not to be a part of you. Number one, you don't get your cue from the people around you, and you don't, you, you don't think that you were meant for what this society says you were meant for. Personal purity in the, area, in the area of how you handle your sexuality is governed by Christ regardless of how popular it is. And let me tell you, you think that we're having a hard time? The Corinthians were as well. The Ephesians were as well. When you look at the society that the church in Ephesus was brought up in, I think about this a lot as I think about our society. You had the temple of Diana there. I'm like talking about going to church. Those of you who knew that, how they sacrificed to their gods was sexually. And they would draw people into that. Can you imagine that today? 
Minister Wright, our churches would be full. I'm going to worship the Lord. And that was embedded in the society, and the Lord had the nerve to build a church there. How dare he? That's what we would say today. How am I going to live in this godless society? The same way the church in Corinth, Ephesus, Colossae, the way any of those churches did, by the Spirit of the Lord inside you, Going against the culture. Oh, it's not. See, here, here's the point. Being anti is not the point. It's not. I'm anti-culture. No, are you Christ-like? That's the whole point. He's not telling us just be anti. No, he's saying being Christ-like, it will be anti. But your heart will be different. Personal purity and holiness. He says, says look, the body was not meant for sexual immorality. He comes out flat out statement, doesn't mince any words. That's not what it was meant for. He's not, he did not say the body was not meant for sex. He said it was not meant for sexual immorality. So when I engage in that area of personal impurity, I am doing that which my body was not meant for. I am using this tool and vessel in a way that it was not intended, and thus I'm going to get results that were not intended. See, you can hammer. Look, if I don't have a hammer and I need to get that nail in, I can take the back of a book and, 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 and hammer that nail in with the binding of that book. How many of us have done that? Bam, 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 bam. And it works. Point accomplished but I might have destroyed the binding in the process. I might have destroyed that, but why? Because it was used in a way that it wasn't intended. We get these in the operator's manuals, and sometimes when you look at operator manuals, we get some of the silliest things that they say. Why do they need to tell me if I'm driving the vehicle and I put it on autopilot, please do not get up and walk away. What? Who does that? Well, somebody did. That's why they put it there. Or you get some of these instructions on what not to do with this. This was not intended for. Or you'll see stuff where it'll say not intended for human consumption. And I would think who would? Yeah, somebody did. That's why it's up there. Why? Because you weren't intended that's not the intent. Hear well. I don't care what our society says. I don't care how great it feels, looks, how, how, it, how it elevates you with God. If God says you were not intended for something, that's the fact. Now, let me go a little bit further because we'll say, well, I've never done that. Well, you know, you, he said sexual immorality. And that field... It even governs your thought life. Jesus said something like, if a man looks 
upon a woman in lust. And when he's saying, and that lust is mean now, understand that word means to crave and to have for my own personal use. We're not talking about the glance. We're talking about you have, you have gone through everything in your mind, in your look. And it's not just men, but it's women as well. What he is saying is that that whole field of immorality goes to my thought life, goes to my practice life. It goes to, it, it, it goes to what I use to entertain me. All of it. He says, you were not intended for that. Because what it sets up in your life are consequences, are things that you don't want. Come later on down the line, why can I have great relationships? Well, there was this unintended thing, action, lifestyle that you got yourself into, and now it's coming out in future relationships. He says that we were meant. Don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Wow. I, that, that, that one gets me all the time. Where am I taking Christ to as I'm getting involved? I am, because I, I'm bringing him. Oh, Jesus, excuse me, I'll be back. You'll be back. That's like, that's, that's like your arm saying, I'll be back. I got somebody to smack. I'll be back. Just wait. You and I are members of Christ. And so when I act, when I live out, I, I'm, I'm, I represent Christ. See, this is not to give a guilt trip. This is to give context for us. And he tells us to look why. Nothing is going to dominate you or it should why. And, and if it is, you can, you can have the Lord help and work on you that you are set free from that habit. Because remember, as a believer, sin doesn't have to, sin will no longer have dominion. It will no longer dominate you. You will no longer, it will no longer be your master. So it says to me and you, when we are dominated by anything that is not Christ-like, that now does not look like him, does not sound like him, is not within the life of Christ as recorded in Scripture, anything, understand that is unintended lifestyle living. God didn't intend for us to live that way. And there could be consequences coming down the line that we don't know. Oh, it seems like everything is okay. Holiness and personal purity. Man, I could, you know how many scriptures there were? And, and, and we're going to get into, what I'm doing on Thursday nights is that I'm getting into some of the scriptures that we don't have time to get into today and that we're looking at them and that we're discussing them from Sunday's message. And so I'll be doing that on Thursday. You know how many scriptures there are about personal purity? Oh, my goodness. Is it important to the Lord? For sure. And here's what we do. I was talking with Cletus, our youth pastor, because he's going to be speaking at the end of the month. And one of the things that we had decided when we talked is that we wouldn't have him do that message on personal purity because we always, come on, 
adult folk, you know how we do. We throw that into, that's a youth issue. No, that's a human issue. We like to throw it on our teenagers. Y'all need to be pure, and they should be saying, you first. <laughs> you know, you young folk, and you know what? For some of us, I got to say, we act like we've never been young. Well, for some of us, we act like we're still young, and we're not, but that's another story. But we act like we've never been through that youthful stage. Yes, I know that the scripture says to flee or run away as if you're being chased, youthful lust. Because there is a, I mean, there, there, there are those tendencies that come with that age, with that lack of experience, with that, with that you not having um, enough time to live and to see what happens. So he says flee youthful lust or lusts that are, that, are, that are more prone to youth. But he's not, he wasn't talking to youth. He was talking to adults because all of them knew what youthful lust meant. He didn't have to explain. What I mean is he didn't have to explain it. See, the issue becomes for you and I, personal purity is a thing for all of us. And we can get lax in it in a culture that embraces it, that says it's okay, or that'll look at you funny. Never forget my first corporate job. Man, never forget. I'm a young believer in this place working down in Wall Street. And the guy who we started together, don't let it fool you. I said I was working on Wall Street. I was no big investment guy. I worked in the customer service department. And um, we started together. And we were talking about a whole bunch of things. Him and I would talk, me and Carlos, boy, and we would talk about everything. And got on this whole issue of his personal lifestyle, and he was talking about all that. And I looked at him, I said, man, I said, I said, I said, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't me anymore, man. I, I said, I, you know, first thing he looked at me, he said, are you, wouldn't know if I was, if I was gay. Are you gay? No. No? I said, no. He said, you mean you don't, what, how? I said, man, Christ in a person will do amazing things. He, he was like, ain't that much Christ in the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And then we just proceeded to talk over time, and he was just amazed. His mind was blown because that's not the way of the world but it's the way of the believer. Personal holiness. Man, I can get to uh, uh, some of the scriptures I'm not. Personal wellness. Second Corinthians 6. In this one, yes, he is talking about marriage.
and he says, here a moment, my, my eyes have not found my space, although I had it marked. Go down to verse 15 again. He's talking about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. And he says, what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will make my dwelling among you. In that particular verse, the reminder there is almost similar to the first in that you and I are not to be in deep partnership. That's not the verse that I was intended and I lost the space, but that's okay. Um, we are not to be in partnership. We are not to be in in walking in step with those who don't share both our value and our purposes. And that we have to be careful that we don't put ourselves in a position where we'll be able to compromise. This is not on personal wellness yet, so hold that thought. I wrote this one down because we need to be careful that as we go personal holiness and purity, and then into our, sorry, personal resources, that we have to make sure that however we're using them, however that we are, however we are carrying things out is locked in step with the will of God, understanding that if we join ourselves with someone, I know many times we've used that just for marriage, it's not just there, that, that, that if we're walking lock and step along with someone who doesn't share your values, who doesn't share Christ as the means and the end, guess what happens? You end up compromising. And so that covers so many areas. It can even cover business. It can even come, it, 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 be careful who you join with. The whole idea of a yoke, the whole idea of a yoke was that instrument in which you wrapped around the oxen or the animal to keep them in step with one another as they went about plowing the field or pulling or whatever. It kept them in unison. What is it that keeps you and an unbeliever in unison? Now, it could be you both work for the same company. That's not being unequally yoked. But if it's a situation where you have chosen, what is it that keeps you in step with someone that's not in step with the Lord? And Paul is warning you and I to be careful of that. Paul is warning you and I to watch out for that. In all that you do, you do it all for the glory of God. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, don't you know that we are the temple of God? 
Our bodies are the temple of God. And so if that's the case, how are you managing that temple that God is using to represent him on this earth? Are you living up to and are you living out your best in your wellness and your health? So what does that mean? It means taking proper time off. I know there are some of us, boy, we've got that personality type that we are driven, driven, driven off the road. We take no breaks. We run everyone in the ground around us. We are success-driven. I have accomplished, but what have you left in your wake? I've achieved. At what cost? At what cost to your family? At what cost to your health? At what cost? How are you maintaining? Are you, are you living and eating in a way that keeps you um, keeps you productive and profitable for the Lord. Are you? Are you? Are you maintaining your body and your vessel in a way that God can continue to use you until the day that he takes you from this earth? Now, let me say on this one, that does not mean that at 65, you acting like you 25. It's not that at all. That's not the point. The point becomes at 65, are you able to be used in the way that God has intended for you and your 65 years of journey on this earth and how you've kept yourself? Now, I know we are all making mistakes. No, that doesn't mean that when you leave here, you can't go and have that second piece of cake. I'm not saying that. Here's my deal is how are you managing this? Are you putting yourselves in a position to where God continues to use you and you continue to represent him? I don't know what that looks like for you. You know where God is calling you to better management of your wellness and your health. You know where God is calling you to take some mental breaks or where to push forward. You know where God is saying, man, you really are not taking care of all that you have. You're going to break down soon. I will never forget the first time that my body broke down on me and I was involved in ministry. Man, I was, we were working on a project for this big conference that was coming up. Um, it was interesting, the saving grace of all that work is that I met my wife at that conference. Um, but, but this big conference that was coming up out of state, we were planning for it and I was the lead for our ministry. Um, back in New York, and I'm working, I'm working, I'm a single guy, and so, hey, I'm single, I got the time, and me, I was just burning all kind of hours, drinking all kind of cups of coffee to keep myself up, I was, I mean, it was just like crazy, and just running, and running, and I'm good, I'm good, I'm single, I'm young, I'm in my, you know, I'm, 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 in, I'm in my late 20s, then, and I'm, I'm just boom, 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 and I just remember one morning, I couldn't get up out of bed, I couldn't raise my head off the pillow. I remember calling my mother, you know, come on, you know, big, young, single guy, you get in trouble, who's the first one you call? Mom! And she was like, call me, call, call 911, so I did. 
She prayed, thank the Lord. And they came, and they were trying to figure out what was going on. And all I remember is the ride in the ambulance felt like I was riding on horse and buggy over cobblestone. That's what it felt like. Because every muscle in my shoulder and neck was so inflamed, they saw it. And it was red. Okay, I'm sorry. When you see red through brown skin, it's red. And the guys were shocked because my blood pressure at that time. Seriously, he said, let's get him. That's all I remember quickly because my blood pressure was at stroke level. Here I am, 20-something. They were trying to figure out, no, did you take anything? No, I don't do drugs. You know, and got me there. And all I remember is all the little needles just to get my muscles to relax because they were hard as I have no idea. And they ran all kind of tests and, and got me home and, 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 I couldn't even lift. I was so, so I couldn't even lift anything. I, I, they told me five pounds or more you are not to lift. And I had to sit there, and it took over a week. And, you know, they never figured it out. I had a friend who, uh, older woman who worked in the ministry, used to be a nurse, and she looked at me and said, this is stress, Curtis. She said, you stressed. I said, but, but, but what from? And I thought back at how I ran my body in the ground for the Lord. The Lord was like, you were about to meet me personally. What was my point? My wellness? I thought I was invincible. There's some of you out there that I think of us now. There are many of us that know we aren't that out there. But I thought I was invincible. And you know what? Here's my deal. Why would the Lord allow this to happen to me? This ain't the Lord. This was me. He was telling me to. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Lord? Are you going to run it in the ground? Are you going to treat it in a way that you can't do for him? And so here was the deal. There was conversation of who was going to take over all of my responsibilities if Curtis couldn't come back. There was no, oh, we can't do ministry because Curtis isn't here. Right, they keep rolling. Who's going to take his spot? Let me tell you, who's going to take yours if you don't take care of yourself and all of a sudden you out the scene? Oh, we can't do that anymore. <sighs> who's going to fill in? Don't you know your body is the temple of the Lord? Personal resources and gifting. We talked about this some in Bible study and not going to get into it. And we talked about coming back with having classes and sessions and be talking with our guys about spiritual gifts is that is that personal resources in this area of gifting and how you are using it. Does the Lord have the reins of your life to the point where he's directing how you use what he has given? Or are you just doing it? I'm doing as best I can. It's no big deal. See, the issue becomes for you and I, personal purity, personal wellness, 
demonstrates where our heart is. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the summary of it. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to bring attention to the weightiness, to the amazingness of who God is. That's what it means by the glory of God. We use that a lot, to God be the glory. Really? Is he getting it out of your life? Can God see the weightiness of who the Lord is? Can, can God be seen and represented in what you do? How would people describe you and how you do what you do? How would they do that? Where they be go, you know, that's someone, man, God is really using. We usually reserve that for pastors or people in ministry. Oh, look how God is using them. No, I can use that for you on your job. Man, it's amazing how God is using that sister on her job. It's an amazing brother right there with what he does on his job. And his job isn't ministry. Stop putting this in a box and in a corner to where God is only concerned with what you're doing for him in some sort of church-based ministry context. It's everything. Whatever you do, do it all so that God is seen and represented. When you finish or as you are involved in it, is God the one that is being talked about because of what you are doing and how they know you are? My friend Carlos, as we would talk, he would usually say, man, I can't do that. Man, I can't be like that. I was like, Carlos, man, that's exactly how I thought. I said, if you think this is an act of the will, if you think this is just me, I would have never chosen this for myself. Are you kidding me? I told him, I see the things you see. I see the people you see. I had to tell him one time, dude, I ain't dead. I said, the issue is I live for a different reason and a different purpose. There is a, a different intent to my life. And because of it, no, I don't always get it right. Sometimes I'm coming back to the Lord, you know, repenting of how I have used this vessel to dishonor him. And we'll have that throughout our journey. God is saying, but we want the pattern of your life, not those mess ups, not those hiccups, but the pattern of your life to demonstrate Christ in control and you in control because of Christ and so I would say today I would ask you how are you managing how are you handling your person are you stewarding it right is God pleased with the pattern I, again don't, don't get into I messed up today yeah and the person next to you and behind you in front of you probably did as well if not, it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. No, what is the pattern of your life? What usually happens with you? Does it honor God?
Does it represent him well? Does it state that he is in control and that you are in control because he is in control? The body was not meant for for immorality, for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. The body was meant for the Lord. Let us make sure that we are living what we were meant for. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.